0: I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it.
2: Yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profito. Hope everyone's doing well today. Had a nice weekend. It's Tuesday now. And I didn't do a show last uh, Friday or Saturday. I didn't really see much of a point to doing one. I didn't have much to talk about. The the news was kind of slow. And, uh, you you know, nothing really... uh, I, I teased the emails a little bit on the the Wednesday episode. I thought Friday might have been a little too soon to do another episode, so I was I was looking at I was eyeing Saturday and I have the, this one interview that I've been sitting on with Anthony Fauci when he went on NBC. I just didn't think there was enough there to do, like, an entire episode. And I just just didn't really feel like doing a show. So I said, ah, the hell with it. We'll skip it. So I just decided to take the day off and enjoy the weekend. And I don't know. Maybe I'll, if, if something comes up, maybe I'll do it an extra episode or a little, some bonus content or something for you guys. But I didn't, uh... I didn't think there was anything pressing to talk about on a Saturday afternoon, so I just enjoyed the weekend, and I hope you guys did the same. And I don't know what it is, but I've just been really tired lately. I guess I haven't been sleeping very well. I am just completely exhausted every day, no matter you know I, I, how many times I, I take a nap or whatever. How much coffee I drink? Maybe it's because I don't have the Lorenzotti down here. I think that's probably the the biggest problem. That I'm drinking, I'm drinking off brand coffee down here. Just doesn't have the same kick to it. But anyway, we will power through this bitch today. It still feels like the news has been pretty slow the last almost the last week. You know, since the email drop, right? I mean, we are watching this whole narrative of the the COVID pandemic sort of crumble at the feet of Anthony Fauci, he's having a tough week. Uh, it well, depending on which news outlet he goes, and I have some, I have a clip or two from his interview with MSNBC. I thought we might go through, but there were, you know, there, there wasn't that, you know, devastating email that that we found after after these came out. There were some pretty damning ones that I thought vindicated a lot of what we've talked about on this show, things that I've been saying for over a year, and things that I think we all kind of knew, at least the the listeners of this show kind of knew. And with each passing day, it seems more and more likely that uh, the whole lab leak theory is the most probable origin of this whole thing. And, you know, there's... There's still not a lot of talk of whether this was intentional or unintentional. This was a bioweapon or, or something like that. But I, I probably think it was just human error. I don't know. I, I tend to to lean that way. I don't really have any uh, a lot of evidence to suggest otherwise, at least not yet. But it certainly is something that we should be looking into, I suppose, now that, there, now that you can finally talk about the fact that this probably originated in some lab in China and it got out that way. Maybe we should look into uh the the intentions of of, of the Chinese, I guess, and why it was I don't know, man. This this whole thing is just kind of weird. Why why they're doing it in like a metropolitan city instead of some isolated facility with nobody around so that if, you know, if somebody does get infected with this at the lab, they're not like in downtown fucking Chicago, right? When something like this happens and you can kind of control it. But it turns out that this is is looking like something that we kind of funded. (laughs) It is funny, you know, it seems like everything going wrong in the world today, the U.S. has put some dollars towards it in one way, shape, or form, you know? And I guess that's the problem when you have a gigantic federal government that has no problem throwing its money around to every corner of the world all the, the terrorists that we're fighting right now were the terrorists we were funding yesterday and you know the um the, the whole pandemic thing got some funding from your uh, federal tax dollars as well indirectly directly i guess we don't know for sure but indirectly for sure they've they've basically admitted to that now and as you guys know money is fungible so just because you give somebody money for a, B, or C, and they use it for D, your money was still used for D, regardless of what you wanted them to use it for, because they could use the money for whatever they want once you give it to them, and even if they don't use those specific dollars, getting to use your dollars for whatever you talked about freed up some other dollars to work on, whatever else they you didn't want them working on, so... Anyway, I thought we'd talk a little bit about that. I have some other sort of lighter news stories. I I, I am getting a little burnt out, I think, talking about COVID and and uh, you know all, all of the uh, all of the issues surrounding that. So I, I have some other just random articles here that just kinda suggest we are at peak insanity. And then there was this pretty interesting organized crime sting that went on that I thought we would touch on that. And we'll just see where the uh, the show goes. I don't know how much, uh, you know, I never know how long we'll, we'll ramble about this stuff. But so anyway, after this, this big email dump last week, right there, everyone's sort of going through all these emails and finding the ones that make Anthony Fauci look the worst or he should at least have to answer to. All of these things that basically have vindicated Rand Paul over the last week as well. Turns out he's been right about everything he's been confronting Anthony Fauci on, despite the corporate press's best efforts to make Fauci look uh, look right on these things and Rand Paul look deranged. And and he goes on MSNBC. And my God, is this just uh, a pathetic interview? I, I can't. I mean, I, I don't watch a lot of MSNBC, and apparently a lot of other people don't either. Now that Donald Trump is out of office, but my God, dude, I don't know how these people are considered fucking journalists. Like, all of these emails come out. The interview that that comes out of this from uh, was it Nicole Wallace? She gets the first interview with Fauci since the emails come out, and we have uh, I have a couple clips from from here that I'm gonna play for you guys. So let's uh, let's go ahead and roll it.
1: And just on this point of of your public profile, I I read through your emails that were released, and I I just want to read one of them. Um, There were a lot of inquiries about your public profile. I mean, this very conversation was much harder to have under the ex-president. And this was your response to one um, about whether or not you'd have a press conference. You wrote, yikes, that would make four days in a row without a press conference for me, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and tomorrow. I wonder if you feel like you're still making up some of that lost ground from many months under the last administration of not just no information but disinformation being out there do you still see some hardness among his supporters around the vaccine or around some of these messages you're sharing with us today
2: okay let's pause right there for a second so let let me just frame this up right because i think This is the first interview that he gave after these emails stumped out. And this is the the one question she wants. She's just dying to ask him is something about a press conference, an email about doing too many press conferences or what? And what does this have to like disinformation from the last administration? I mean, my God, the, the whole the whole story around these emails is that Fauci's been flip-flopping for since the last administration he's been the one giving disinformation out for the last year and so we're, we're trying to figure out how long he's been lying to us if these are actually lies or if he's just really stupid or, or what you know like w- what was the disinformation what did he know when did he know it and that's what this, this whole email thing like that's what the whole story is what is this lady thinking so thousands of these emails have surfaced. A lot of them talk about or at least reference the gain of function issue that that, w- that came up with with Rand Paul. Some of them talk about the, the mask issue, which you know we, he flip-flopped on that and went back and forth. The, a lot of these scientists that ha- our virologists are emailing him talking about you know their lab leak theory. and the one email she wants to ask him about is this one. Something about this press conference and making up lost ground from the last administration because of their no information and disinformation. Uh, What what the hell is she talking about? What is she talking about here? Fauci was was fucking talking all the time during the last administration. They're having fucking press conferences like every day for months during this pandemic. I, I don't know what the fuck. This is just absolutely ridiculous. Anyway. Let's hear his response to this uh, this real hardball interview that's going on right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there are people out there who, for one reason or other, resent me for what I did in the last administration, which was not anything that was anti-Trump at all. It was just trying to get the right information, to try and get the right data, and what they didn't seem to understand, I guess that's understandable (laughs) that they didn't understand it is that science is a dynamic process. So something that, you know, in January, you make a recommendation or a comment about it, but as you get more and more information, the information leads you to change because that's what science is. It's a self-correcting process. So when you hear someone say something at one point, and then two or three months later, if you stick with what you said at the original time when you had one-fifth the amount of data that you have now, I think that would be inappropriate. It's appropriate, although sometimes it's difficult for people to understand, how as you learn more and more, you've got to continue to evolve with the data. And that's what I was trying to do is to always tell the truth on the basis of what the data is. And it was never deliberately something against the president. In fact, you spoke about my emails. You look at my emails. I never in the email said anything derogatory about President
2: Trump. Okay, let's pause right there because that was that was very revealing to me. And I found that little tidbit very interesting. First of all, Okay, first of all, yes, I I agree. If you read through the emails, there's nothing derogatory, really, at least not that I saw, about the Trump administration. So why the fuck are we talking about the Trump administration and uh, the back and forth that they were having and and the, the problems that they were having when we're talking about these emails? Like, what was the point? Where did she get this from? Wait, why is this coming up in the interview? None, none of this has to do with his relationship with Donald Trump or what he, you know, how they felt about each other or if he was like, you know, undermining the, the president or something like that. No, no, no. That has nothing to do with this story. Nothing. Zero. Zilch. It has no business being talked about when you have this guy for two minutes and 30 fucking seconds. Why are we talking about their obsession with Donald Trump is Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable no wonder their fucking ratings are in the toilet okay and then the to the other point that he was making about how science is this self-correcting thing that's constantly evolving you know we have to look at the data we have make recommendations based on what we know at the time and then as that data changes we change our approach to the problem huh imagine that Imagine that as the scientific process, because I could have sworn that the science was settled on all of this. I thought everything was settled. The science was settled. We knew exactly what to do, and that was to lock everything down and put the mask on and social distance and live like vegetables for the next year. And no, 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 you can't go see anybody. You can't be, you know, having gatherings of more than six people. We have to put masks on children. We can't open up the schools. It's way too dangerous. That was the initial uh, estimation that they made, right? That was the the initial quote unquote recommendation. And I don't remember anybody recommending anything. I remember a lot of fucking decrees, a lot of uh, things being enforced by force, like they they're not just recommending things they're de- they're making demands on people but oh, okay so um after the, the numbers come out of New York in like April and we find out that nobody between the ages of zero and like twenty five, have died from this thing. Why are we putting masks on kids? We we they, dude. And the emails showed early on too that they knew that this did not affect children. They, that they couldn't. Uh, they weren't contracting this. They weren't um, passing it on to people. This was not a threat to kids. So why are we putting masks on kids and traumatizing them and keeping them locked up? Why are we forcing the, the schools to close down? Why are they take a, when somebody tested positive at a school that reopened, like earlier this year, a year later, why are they sending everybody home and telling the parents to quarantine their kids in their room? Where, where, where's the science to back that? Did I miss something over the last year? Did the death rate skyrocket among kids? Or is it just uh, the more and more data that comes out, you pretty much know that as long as you're young and healthy, COVID isn't a big deal. I haven't seen any scientific evidence to, to show to the contrary, so why hasn't the approach to that changed? Why why are there emails from like February of last year with from several, you know, virologists and And these respected doctors emailing Fauci being like, you know, so far, based on what we're seeing, this doesn't look like it's from natural origin or something like, you know, something to that effect. And then Fauci comes out and says, oh, this is that's crazy. This is this is clearly a natural evolving thing that jumped from bats to humans and blah, 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 blah. That's a conspiracy theory. Huh? Doesn't seem like he's following the science and making recommendations based on the science early on and then his his position is evolving based on the data that comes out no 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 his position would flip-flop based on uh it it would be like the exact opposite recommend recommendation in air quotes I, i don't have video going on right now but he would seem he would seem to make recommendations that defy what the science is telling us not not adjusting his uh, position based on the science, but in face of the science, in contradiction to the science, he's making these so called recommendations. That's why everybody's so fucking angry at you, Anthony Fauci, because you ruined their lives for a fucking pseudoscience bullshit over the last year. Not because of you know your your behavior with Trump or whatever, or like the way your emails make you look personally. No 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 no. It's because you're a fucking lying scumbag politician, basically. You're a fucking bureaucrat. And you've been lying to uh, the American people for the last year. You talk out of both sides of your mouth. You're completely full of shit. You're completely full of shit. Now, all of a sudden, science is this ongoing, evolving process. I, I, wh- okay, so all, all of these people that are following the science—like, <laughs> which science have you been following the whole time? Because nobody seems to, the follow the science people don't seem to be changing their actions based on the science. The more and more data that we come that comes out that shows that this was, uh, you know, way overblown. That this is really not that big of a deal for the vast majority of people. Where's that science? <laughs> like, what? Wh- why? Why aren't they following that? Why are they doing the exact same thing in um, May of 2021 that they were doing in March of 2020? This is just fucking bullshit. And the idea that the science is, isn't settled anymore, that it's this ongoing thing. Do I get to apply that to climate change and all, all of this Green New Deal stuff as well? Or is that that, that science, that's settled now? That, that we can't question that. No, 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 that's, we know, we know for a fact that climate change is this, and it's not going to evolve or change, and we're not going to change our recommendations based off of that data. No, 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 it's settled science. Which is it? Which is it, all you science-settled folks out there? I'd really like to know. Unbelievable. A self-correcting process, he calls it. Well, it would be a correcting process. I don't know if it's self-correcting, but it would be a correcting process if you let people actually exercise the scientific process. But no, 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 we're not doing that. You're silencing people. You're having them deplatformed. You're having their videos taken down off of YouTube for questioning the science. We're, we're not allowed to, to actually go through the scientific process and look at the data and make recommendations based off of what we're seeing. No, 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 no. It was the settled science from Anthony Fauci and company, and that's the only thing that was allowed up on YouTube, and that's the only thing that was allowed up on Facebook and on Twitter, and if you put anything else out there, and other recommendations based off of scientific evidence that you had well we're, we're going to label that disinformation we're going to stop people from seeing it people from reading it and we're going to kick you off of our fucking platform have i got that right i mean that's why people are fucking upset that's why people are upset because there were people talking about this shit a fucking year ago that's why and they were silenced and people's lives uh, people died as a result of them being silenced when it comes to the ventilator thing. People's lives were ruined when it comes to the so-called settled science when you know um, w- when you were making all of these recommendations back in January <laughs> um, that, that never seemed to change by the way, based on the science. So th- that's why they're upset and that's why they're upset with you because all everything you just said is complete bullshit. You did not change recommendations based off of the data, the newly available data that came out. You were following the the initial uh, knee-jerk reaction to this whole thing, which was two weeks to flatten the curve, lock everything down. Nothing changed from that. Nothing. Nothing changed until we got the vaccine, right? And then it was like, okay, now that we have this vaccine that's going to make ph- big pharma – trillions of dollars now we can change our recommendations and we can see how much of our other freedoms we can recommend giving back to the fucking peasants yeah yeah unbelievable it's a it's a very dynamic process this this science stuff and so it's an ongoing evolution of ideas based off of the information give me a fucking break that's what it should be that's what it should be that's not what it is and that's why we're here right now that's why you've got people sitting at home like fucking vegetables, because nobody was following the science. They were following a bunch of fucking bureaucrats, a bunch of bureaucrats who were acting in contrast to the science. And this is, again, why you can't have fucking politics in science. It corrupts everything. It ruins everything. This is a goddamn disaster. They, they have no business. We, we, we shouldn't have an Anthony Fauci. You should not exist. We shouldn't have the, the president uh, d- telling you how, what, what sort of medical decisions you should be making. Go get vaccinated. Do this. Do that. We shouldn't have the government involved in this at all. They shouldn't be funding research. I mean, there are a bunch of articles coming out, you know, over the last few days where it, it, it's these, these doctors uh, coming out talking about the, like how they were chastised and ridiculed in the scientific community for questioning the, the gain of function research and how they were told, oh, don't, don't fucking, don't poke that, that bees' nest, man. You're, you're going to upset this, this gravy train of, of government funds that we got coming in. This is why do you think all of the fucking climate change science points in one direction because they get government grants? So it corrupts the whole fucking process. Everybody knows to make your, your research about climate change. Just throw those buzzwords in there. Global warming, global cooling, climate change, rising sea levels. And you can go to the Galapagos Islands for a couple months and study sea turtles banging each other or something on the government's dime. Of course, of course, it corrupts this whole thing. So if you ever want to actually have the scientific process that Fauci describes where you have accurate information coming out that you, um, you analyze and you make recommendations based off of that and you change your behavior based off of new information. If you ever want that to actually be true, actually to be what we do, then you cannot have a fucking politically tilted scientific agenda. You can't have that because you're not going to get the real data. You're not going to be able to get the new, real, true information in order to be making informed decisions. They're going to fucking hide that from you for a year until you get a FOIA request to dump their emails. And they're going to lie to you until they're fucking blue in the face, until they can't get away with it anymore. Until they have to change their narrative maybe now to get the economy back up and running. But who knows what, what the you know the catalyst is going to be. But you're never going to get the fucking truth out of these people. Not No, no, no. That, that, it's impossible. It's fucking impossible. And this is the perfect example of why we should not have government involved in this. Oh, and by the way, I have another article here that, that talks about some of the data being manipulated in terms of the actual death count in, uh, in one of these Northern California counties. So this data has been fucking corrupted from the start. Remember when I was taught when I was questioning these tests, these positive COVID tests because they were cycling too too high because they were using this PCR test. The inventor of the test said you should not use this test for diagnostics and that you damn sure shouldn't be fucking cycling it what was it 37 or whatever the hell it is because it's all it does is magnify the presence of the, the virus there so that you can look at it. So the, the, the more the higher you cycle it, the, the more it's magnifying its presence and you're getting all these false positives. So all of these positive tests, uh, the vast majority of them were probably bullshit. Now we're, they, they already admitted to that. Now they're they're coming out admitting that uh, yeah the way we're classifying a lot of these deaths. And I'll get to this article uh, after this interview. And after an ad read or so, we'll, we'll go into it. But now they're now they're admitting that yeah we we overcounted some of these deaths from COVID and we need to reclassify those. This has all been fucking bullshit from day one, from day fucking one. They they had this agenda. They fudged the numbers for everything, for everything, for all of it. This, they used the wrong tests, so they got more positive. They were classifying motorcycle as accidents and cancer deaths as COVID deaths. And according to a lot of these emails and some of the things that Fauci has even said, like he, he said a lot of the stuff that was in these emails. So some of this stuff isn't even new. It's just that we have more of it now, I guess. And it's out there in writing. But now, you know, now we have these emails confirming that he knew a lot of this stuff way before he actually admitted it. And he was he was out there publicly saying one thing and writing something else in these emails and vice versa. And just watch what happened. Like, watch how many of these, you know, we'll probably chop up some of this episode and we'll try to put some clips on YouTube once our week-long YouTube ban is over. If, if that's over, and it, it might be over now. I can't remember when the deadline for that was. Watch how many of these clips get taken down for medical misinformation or something because I'm slamming Fauci over these emails and over the, the mask thing. And, and stuff that's been it's come out and been proven to be right they'll still take it down off of these platforms. Th- this entire episode will probably be uh, you know, demonetized or whatever. They won't let me advertise it on Facebook and things like that because of disinformation. Uh, un- unbelievable. Un- un-fucking-believable. Maybe I should have done the show on Saturday. <laughs> I could probably yell at Anthony Fauci in this microphone for an hour. But uh, anyway, let's uh, l- let's go ahead and wrap up this interview, shall we? all 2 minutes and 41 seconds. I mean, I'm assuming that's the whole thing. I mean, that's these are the only clips that I could find. So, I, it didn't seem like there was much before this, but yeah. <laughs> Thousands of emails, uh, the the biggest fucking pandemic in in a, a century, right? Uh, our our worlds have been turned upside down. We have the guy here, the the face of this whole thing. We're going to talk to him for 2 minutes. Ask him about a press con- like doing press conferences a year ago and then Let him uh, ramble on for a minute and a half. And we're going to close it out with a nice little uh, ass kissing. Here we go.
1: Well, the true mark of someone is if they look good, even when their personal emails come out. So you you pass the test that very few of us would, would pass. Dr. Anthony Fauci, thank you for spending some time with us today talking about all of it. We're always grateful to get some of your time.
2: So there you go. So there you go. The true mark of a good man is when he looks good even when his personal emails are revealed. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but these were just work emails, right? This wasn't from his personal account, so I don't know. But, I mean, come on, man. Come on. This is That's what you're going to spend the last 30 seconds talking about. Just slobbering all over this guy. Polish him off. Oh, you look so good. You know, the... You, you look good even when your your personal emails were revealed. First of all, he doesn't look good. He looks like a fucking asshole. He looks like a lying scumbag piece of shit, at least to me. Um, I mean, just off the top of my head, there were plenty of other things that she could have asked him about. Like, he deliberately dismissed the, the Wuhan lab leak theory early on, despite being warned by other scientists that it looked like it was engineered. Like I said, the whole face mask thing, he said that face masks were worthless because the virus could pass through them, that, you know, the, the material wasn't tight enough to stop the virus from passing through. He denied the whole, you know, the, the all of the back and forth with, with Rand Paul about, about the masks, about the fucking uh, gain of function research. <laughs> not not going to mention any of that. We're not going to mention, oh, no, he he just looks great. He looks so great when these emails are revealed, and he's just so perfect. What? What are they talking about? You know, we see a lot of these really really, um, questionable relationships with people with ties to the Wuhan lab. Like that one guy, this is named Daszak or some Dr. who was thanking him for discrediting the lab leak theory. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they could have asked him about. A lot of stuff that doesn't make him... uh, come out you know smelling like roses here but no no we're just gonna ask them about some fucking press conference from a year ago unbelievable unbelievable and they, you know they weren't the only ones that that just had terrible fucking interviews on this i i don't know man msnbc what an outfit they got there what a fucking outfit just unbelievable all right, let's take a, a quick break here and thank one of our sponsors for today's show. And that, of course, are our friends over at Lorenzotti, Italy. I mentioned them earlier. I wish I had a cup of their coffee. I needed a boost. Although that listening to that stupid Anthony Fauci interview really got my blood flowing. So I'm feeling pretty good again. But if you're not familiar with Lorenzotti, dot coffee. You should go there. Use my promo code FICTION. You'll get 10% off your order of premium Italian coffee. They will deliver it right to your door. And they also provide coffee brewing supplies, like professional coffee brewing equipment to anybody that wants to start their small, like a small business, a coffee house. Their goal is to have that coffee house feel that you can only get, at least you could only used to get, across the pond over in Italy. They want to bring that stateside. So go to coffee. Use promo code FICTION for 10% off your order. This is delicious premium Italian coffee and great coffee brewing supplies for any of you guys that want to go down that venture road. They have grinders. They have espresso machines. Everything you could possibly want over at coffee. Promo code FICTION. All right, so there was one other um, COVID-related story that came out. I think it was Sunday. I, I, I saw this Sunday, or, or maybe it was Monday morning when I was doing my morning rounds on the interwebs. I found a little interesting. Uh, you know, something that I mentioned probably again a year ago or so. I talked about this ad nauseum on the show, which is the methodology behind the death count for coronavirus. And it turns out, all of a sudden that Northern California County is changing its COVID-19 death reporting. And this county in Northern California has decided to change its methodology, causing its fatality figures to decrease by 25%. 25%. Now, I bet you that's even fucking low. I bet you they're still being generous with this death count at that point. It's probably more like half of these deaths were actually due to COVID, maybe even more than that. Dublin, California, a northern California county, changed its methodology. The official COVID-19 death count in Alameda County, in the San Francisco Bay Area, fell from 1,634 to 1,223 after officials changed the criteria for fatalities to match state and national definitions, the county's public health department said in a news release. The county will now only report deaths as coronavirus-related fatalities when people died as a direct result of COVID-19 or had the virus as a contributing cause of death as well as people for whom COVID-19 could not be ruled out as a cause of death. Okay, So imagine that. We're only going to count the people that actually died as a direct result of COVID-19 as a COVID-19 death. Or or it had to be a, a significant contributing factor, or we couldn't rule it out. So those that that the, the two thirds of that part are also sort of up for debate, right? We can't rule it out. Like I don't know why we can't rule it out um, when you do the autopsy, but okay. And then contributing factor that seems to be sort of subjective. So that's why I think these numbers are actually even like more distorted than they're I- admitting to. But twenty five percent is still pretty significant. Pretty significant drop. And why wasn't it always like that? Huh. I wonder why. I mean, if you want to know why, you can go back and listen to the episodes where I talked about this like a year ago. But previously, the county had included any person who died while infected with the virus. For example, this is I'm reading from the article now. If someone had died in a car crash but had tested positive for COVID-19, they were counted as part of the county's virus deaths, though they would not be included in the state's figures. Uh, the, the Mercury News reported the county's methodology change does not disproportionately impact reported deaths for any specific race, ethnic group or zip. Oh, thank God. Thank God. It doesn't affect the whole race issue. Otherwise, that'd be a really big scandal, wouldn't it? Oh, God. They always have to go back to that. <laughs> uh, weren't you guys thinking about, you know, like the, the whole rate, like how many blacks and Asians were affected by the, the, the change in numbers when I started this story? Isn't that exactly where your mind went? What sort of fucking deranged people go exactly to that? Go exactly to that. <laughs> Race and ethnic groups or zip code. Okay. You idiots. Uh, anyway, statewide, more than 62,000 people have died from the coronavirus. Um, okay. I guess that's in that county, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there you go. They're finally admitting that these COVID numbers that they were, they were using um, at, for, as far as the deaths go were complete bullshit. And uh, again, I am feeling completely vindicated on that front. I'm almost as vindicated as Rand Paul these days. Unbelievable. I mean, of course, of course, we all knew that these numbers were fucking inflated, that they were counting car crashes as, you know, a COVID death. It's like, yeah, if you if you die uh, from like a gunshot wound to the head, but you you tested positive for COVID, it's not a COVID death. Um, that would be a gunshot wound to the head death. You know, it's like nothing else works this way. We don't take, um, you know, somebody that has like, uh, I don't know, like colon cancer that, that, that clearly dies from that, but they also had like, like syphilis. You know, let's say it's a syphilis death. Clearly they died from fucking colon cancer. This is just so fucking ridiculous, man. This whole thing is just coming crumbling down this whole narrative and I really hope people are paying attention to this and following it because we, we kind of knew that this was going to come. But man, it is sort of fascinating to watch it happen and to just have people gloss over it like the corporate press just blowing past all of this stuff. Oh, you know, let's talk about these press conferences you were doing a year ago. Did you get tired of those? And like, well, what do you think of the Trump administration? <laughs> what? Why are we talking about that? Focus on this story and do some goddamn journalism anyway I went a little longer on that than I had actually intended but I guess let's move on to this story about this organized crime sting that i I found pretty interesting and and maybe we'll get out of here on this I had I had some other light-hearted stories that I just wanted to mention but this uh i I, I think I, I could save those for another day or so but um, hundreds were arrested in global organized crime sting using FBI-developed messaging app. So, and this is from the um, the Epic Times I'm reading from right now. Hundreds of suspects have been arrested and tons of drugs seized in one of the largest and most sophisticated global law enforcement operations ever, which relied on an FBI-developed encrypted messaging app that became popular with members of criminal networks and used to ensnare them. In a series of large-scale sting operations across 16 countries, over the past few days, European law enforcement agencies, along with the FBI and U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, made more than 800 arrests, seized over 32 tons of drugs, chiefly cannabis and cocaine, among, along with 6 tons of synthetic drug precursors and over 48 million in currencies and cryptocurrencies. Well, that's good. We can't have a bunch of uh, cannabis flowing around the world now, can we? <laughs> My God, dude, this war on drugs is just absolutely ridiculous. Is this what we want uh, all of these agencies working on? I mean, do we even want these agencies to exist? I know I don't, but um, let's say they did exist. Is this what we want them working on? Uh, the operation called Greenlight Trojan Shield... <laughs> I thought they give all these operations names. Uh is further expected to lead to countless spin-off operations in the weeks to come uh, according to Europol. Uh, potentially leading to more seizures and arrests. This operation is an exceptional success by authorities in the United States, Sweden, the Netherlands, Australia, New Zealand and other European members of the operational task force. Europol's deputy executive director Jean-Philippe LeCouf said in a statement. The operation relied on an encrypted messaging app developed by the FBI in close coordination with the Australian Federal Police called ANOM, A-N-O-M, as in Mary. Its aim was to target global organized crime, drug trafficking, and money laundering operations. Over time, ANOM grew to service with, uh, with more than 12,000 encrypted devices, used by members of over 300 criminal syndicates operating in over 100 countries, including the Italian Mafia, outlaw motorcycle gangs, and international drug trafficking syndicates, Europol said. The FBI, along with agencies from 16 other member countries of the coalition, then exploited the intelligence from some 27 million messages obtained by monitoring Anam as its criminal users discussed their criminal activities. In developing the messaging platform, the FBI took advantage of the huge demand among criminal networks for encrypted communication platforms to facilitate their activities. After law enforcement agencies in 2020 and in 2021 dismantled two encrypted messaging platforms popular with members of criminal organizations, many migrated to the FBI developed messaging app. So they basically, I have a lot of questions about this. So the FBI develops an encrypted app. Like, okay, okay, so who developed it for? Like, how do they do that? And then they go after these private. apparently encrypted uh, messaging platforms and they take them down how they took those down is um, not really mentioned in this article here so i'd be curious as to how they did that but so they they take out all of this competition and just sort of funnel all of these criminal organizations into using their app this is some wild stuff, man. The goal of the new platform was to target global organized crime, drug traffic, already yeah, fucking said that. I hate when they repeat themselves in these articles. blah blah blah, blah, regardless of where they operated and offer an encrypted device with features sought by the organized crime networks such as remote swipe and duress passwords to persuade criminal networks to pivot to the device. The high-quality information gathered by the way of ANAM is expected to continue to help law enforcement identify (sighs) operational high-value criminal targets on a global scale. Encrypted criminal communication platforms have traditionally been used as a tool to evade law enforcement and facilitate transnational organized crime. The FBI and our international partners continue to push the envelope to develop ways to overcome these challenges and bring (laughs) criminals to justice. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what the you know when you download those apps and they have like a the terms and conditions and all this stuff. I wonder what was listed in there if it gave the um the FBI the authority to just seize all their fucking and monitor their messages. This is some interesting stuff, man. They are really um I mean they basically Found a way around having to get a warrant, I guess, for for anything. You know, they are probably already mon- like the they already have all of their fucking text messages and shit, probably in that in those huge storage facilities where they store all this stuff and they spy on us. But now they don't even have to go through the the you know the the rubber stamp courts of getting a warrant to listen to any of that stuff because it's on their own platform. This is man. This is fucking crazy. This is absolutely crazy. They develop their own app, and they somehow get these idiots to use it. But they're they're so proud of themselves for busting all of these criminals, right? With all of these drugs, and they said they they uh, they found out. I don't know if they thwarted or they found out about some hits that were gonna happen. Um, look, I mean, uh, but you know they're they're causing all of this. You know, it's like all of the the criminal activity around drugs is because they're illegal. If you make these things legal and you end this war on drugs, not only can we get rid of these uh, superfluous departments that we don't need, but all of this all of this criminal activity goes away. I just don't understand why it's beyond me like why we're, we're still trying to do this after however long this this failed war on drugs has been going on um, you know they, they said they've made 525 arrests like oh, okay, they're just gonna be replaced tomorrow with somebody else you know next next man up and there's just going to be more and more drugs because there's demand for drugs. So why why can we not understand this? I mean, we seem to understand it with alcohol prohibition that when you when you make something illegal, you you create a black market, you get a lot of crime around it. I mean, this is what what caused the rise of fucking organized crime was prohibition. And all of the violence surrounding that was specifically because it's illegal and you can't go through the normal legal channels to settle disputes and things like that, turf wars you have to get violent because that's the only option they give you if you're operating in a black market outside of the law. And the second you make all of this stuff legal, all of these problems go away, and we don't have to worry about them anymore. Sure, will there be some other problems that result uh, from legalized drugs? Maybe, but they can't be worse than the problems that we have already. And just think of the, the tremendous amount of damage that this has done to uh that this war on drugs has done to uh to the world to the united states specifically i mean we have more people incarcerated in the u.s than like fucking china and a a lot of them are for victimless drug crimes and then the whole issue with at the border like why do you think all these people are fleeing from guatemala kamala harris i know she was in the news today getting hammered for that why do you think they're coming over here from from uh south america from mexico it's because of the the crime and the violence surrounding the drug war i mean this this is just so ridiculous that we're we're still going through this why why is this like we could solve this problem today just make them legal make all the drugs legal let adults be adults make decisions about what they want to put in their bodies i mean i i don't know about you guys but i'm not just going to become a meth head tomorrow because it's legal <laughs> like That is ridiculous. Um, And, and, you know, I don't see a lot of, you know, you hear about this opioid crisis in the U.S. and and, and all the the, the damage it's causing to to people throughout the United States. But you you can go buy, like, some really heavy drugs over the counter here in Mexico. And I don't, I mean, maybe I'm not plugged into the right... um, you know, the right circles or whatever, but I don't hear any stories about some opioid epidemic or, or something like that around here, even though you can buy most of the stuff over the counter. You don't need a prescription or anything. You just walk in, you buy it. And it's not very expensive either. I don't know, man. It just, you know, when stuff becomes legal, it does lose some of that cachet, some of that uh, taboo factor that, that attracts a lot of people to it to begin with. And then you could just get, you know, you get much better quality control out of it as well. You're not going to have the people cutting it with fucking fentanyl and all that shit, you know. Who knows what's what's in that cocaine you're snorting. It, it just seems like a win-win for everybody involved, except for obviously these huge fucking monstrosity departments, the, the DEA, the FBI, uh, you, know, you know, all of these agencies that we've created to wage this war on drugs. And, uh, and now they're developing end to end encrypted apps f- with uh, apparently a back door for them to monitor all your activity. That is, uh, that is really crazy. It is pretty creative. You got to hand it to them. I, d- I didn't think the FBI was, was working on developing encrypted apps, but it almost seems like entrapment or something. <laughs> like they shouldn't be allowed to do that. But I guess if you fucking you know, download their app and you start using it, uh, that's on you, man. That is on you. They should still be a lot more careful with this stuff. And I I don't know. Don't you use burner phones still? According to this article, these guys are just like super blatant about it because they think all their messages are totally encrypted. It's like, hey, man, I'll be picking up uh, that heroin from you at the corner of like 85th and and 6th in about 20 minutes. Make sure you bring like all of this and I'll bring this dollar amount. And and then I'm going to go kill this guy and his family in this restaurant. (laughs) Okay, dude. Anyway, I don't know. End the war on drugs, and you will solve a lot of a lot of fucking problems, and we can move on to some other stuff. Like, why do we just keep <laughs> we keep fighting these same battles over and over and over again, and and expect that you know we're fighting them the same way, and we're expecting different results? Like, what is this going to accomplish? Okay, so you took down a, a couple hundred uh, crime bosses. Uh, all right. I mean you've been taking down crime bosses since crime started, and there still manages to be crime bosses and it's not like like uh, what was it was it uh, Ron Paul who made the point like you you can't even keep drugs out of prison when you have people locked up for 20 hours a day and you monitor who can see them, who can come in and out of the building like they don't have access to a lot of stuff, and they can still get drugs in there. So how are you going to do it? How are you going to control it in a country where you can't even control the people from crossing the border? Uh, they're coming over by the thousands all the time. We don't have a wall. We don't have anything. They could just walk right over here. And then we got oceans on either side that you can't monitor. It's like, what are we doing here? Why are we wasting all of this time and resources when we could just forget it? Just make it legal. Let people fucking live their lives. That's what freedom is about, and that's what libertarians should be supporting. And I'm going to wrap there, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. I hope you enjoy your week. Oh, on Friday, don't forget, we're doing another happy hour. And I'm thinking I'm going to change the time. I will send out an email to the, the group uh, of supporting listeners that we have. And if you would like to be, be a part of the supporting listener group and get in on some of these happy hours, you can go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show tab, and set up a monthly recurring donation for any denomination that you want that will get you in. We're also going to have the top 10 contributors to the Facebook group in this next one. Because this will be the first one after the close of May. So I do that for the, the top 10 contributors for the month get invited to the following happy hours. We're going to have them in there. That'll be a lot of fun. And do me a favor. If you liked what you heard today, give me a 5-star rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening to your podcast. I'm told that helps. I really want to get our numbers up this year and increase our reach over at the Pedaling Fiction Podcast. So if you guys can do that for me, I will be back on Friday this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.